All right. Episode two, sort of. Yep, episode two. The melt score. <laughs> the score that mattered. Yep. Um, all right, take it away. What do you have? Yeah, so for any of you guys who don't know, the MELD score, um, which stands for Model for End-Stage Liver Disease, basically it's just a number that kind of represents um, how sick you are. Um, that number can range anywhere from 6 to 40. Basically, the higher that number, um, the closer you are to getting a liver. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you know the, the things that make up the MELD score score? Yeah, so um, the three main ones is creatinine, which basically is kidney function, um, bilirubin, uh, which is liver function, and then INR, which is just a clotting factor of the liver. Okay, and then I actually read someone they added like sodium or something in like yeah, 2015 yeah. or something. Like uh huh. Cool. All right. So, what was your first MELD score? So, after, when did they establish? what yours was at first. Mm -hmm. So they established that when they were about to list me on the um, liver transit list in Oklahoma, and it was 13. So super, super low. Um, Yeah, I mean, you get get the call when you're like 30 to 40. Um, So that's super low, considering how sick I was. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, So when you got yours, your your MELD score, you were what age, 12? Yep. So wouldn't have been the Pelt score? How does it work? was, yeah. And so um, Pelt score, basically, I think that takes in consideration a few more lab tests, um, but not too different. I've been doing some research on that. But once I turned um, 13, I think it switched to Meld score. Really? I For you? think. Huh. Because it was Pelt score at one point, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's too different than meld. Okay, yeah. From what I uh-huh. saw, there's a calculator for both and they look pretty similar. Yeah, I really they are. Tell they are really similar. And considering my circ- factored in like gender and age, and mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, what, is there, so when you were going through it, I don't remember asking uh, when we were going through the process. Would you have gotten a liver from someone younger? What was the age? Um. So it really depends on liver size. That was the main. Yeah, thing. it depends on the size. Um, and so just I don't think they that even kind of went in consideration because my number was so low, I wouldn't have gotten a liver um, that soon anyway. It would have been a few years. But was there definitely a cutoff of, so there was never any sort of like, you need someone's a younger liver or anything no, like that? No, no. Okay. Um, all right. Um, so your your melt score is obviously pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um like when if you looked up an average of when someone typically gets a deceased donor liver like the average meld score that someone would usually get one at mm-hmm. it's probably dude the scarcity is probably later it's probably like in the 30s oh when yeah you think yeah like mid 30s mid 30s late 30s and you're sitting yeah. at, a, at a what 13 at a 13 yeah so do you think that the the score was a good indicator of how sick you actually were no so um which i oh sorry to cut you off but i think that's kind of one of the main things is that everyone's sick who's on that list mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. um and it's just the degree of sickness mm-hmm. so for you to be like oh you're only a 13 it's like well you're still pretty sick mm-hmm. yeah go on. yeah and um so when they found out that was my number i was 13 and fast forward right before they recommended my doctor in oklahoma recommended living donor and kind of going into that and researching that and finding some places he said you know your score doesn't 
isn't a good representation of how sick you are on the inside. And so it's kind of crazy because, um, you know, here I am, he's recommending going and finding, um, you know, a living donor and finding a place that'll do that. And then, you know, saying my number so low at the same time it's like well should i should i wait till i'm sicker or should i go ahead and get this surgery Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like a fine line between you know being too sick and being not you know not sick enough yeah i mean i think that that was kind of the whole the the whole the whole thing in general with your scores that you you had a lower score in general and i mean what do you think helped maintain that, mm-hmm. that that low score yeah and it's debatable so, so, but so from when the, t- the time from when you got you actually got the surgery from when you initially got your first score how much did it did it change your score so i think it it, it kind of ranged from 13 to 15 the highest i got was 15 um and that was right before um you know we started looking into living donor and so I was, um, you know, diagnosed at the age of 12 and a few years went by until I was actually listed on the list. So that was yeah. around 15. Um, and so I think it went up a couple notches, but not much at all. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the this, I can't stress enough the por- importance of like staying active and healthy because when I was diagnosed at 12, I changed my lifestyle drastically. And so I think, you know, keeping your, your body healthy, staying active is it's debatable, but I, I think that's what kept my numbers so low. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, my liver was still getting worse, but keeping my body like active and healthy is what kept that number low. And I think, um, you know, my, my, uh, surgeon in Oklahoma understood that. And I think that's a huge reason why he recommended, um, living donors because I was sick on the inside, but it's like, I was also keeping my body healthy. And, you know, a lot of people who, um, you know, get diagnosed, they, they kind of just fall into this sedentary lifestyle. They don't do much, you know? And I think I just took it as a total life change. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's why it progressed pretty slowly and for the most part. Yeah. So I think one thing also that is worth looking at, maybe backtracking a little bit is that, uh, you know, where does the melt score come from? Like Mm -hmm. who, who and what creates this, this, this scoring system of who actually gets, Mm-hmm. someone else's liver like who who's worthy enough i guess mm-hmm. sickest enough but uh so yeah it's 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 a unos uh united network for organ sharing it's you know a group of people that that come together and they they figure out you know who who gets it and I, from what i gather they're like driving like a motto or what what kind of you know the decisions they make all revive or revolve around the sickest people get get donations first mm-hmm. Which which is good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, but for you know, for you, like that, it it probably felt a little like unfair. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you felt like maybe you were younger. You felt like maybe you'd done everything right. Mm-hmm. You were born with something that that wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. The, the, the something that couldn't have been prevented, mm-hmm. and you were still low on on the list. You know? Yeah. Did that make you feel? Yeah, it did. Um, you know, it's pretty much saying you need to be on your deathbed (laughs) before you're going to get a new liver. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why we're all over living donation and very, um, interested in that and, 
you know, willing to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's pretty much like saying, you know, you already feel I, in, in my head, I was like, I already feel this bad. I'm having signs and symptoms of this progressing. And uh, for the most part, it is a slow progression. But in the end, it, it was very fast. But yeah, you know, in the places that I went um, to get the evaluation for a living donor, they said that I need to be jaundiced or have cancer mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah. And in my head, you kind of hear mixed mixed answers or reviews in that aspect where um you know you need to be this sick to get this but the benefit of a living donor is you're healthier going into it and that was the huge thing for me is you know the outcome after surgery is a lot better um just being healthy and being able to recover that much faster and so um you know, it's debatable. It really is. That that was, I think that was one of the more eye-opening aspects of, I guess, shopping around for a transplant center for you mm-hmm. was that, uh, was that, yeah, it was, it was very, um, weird how there was like this sort of like, it was very opinion based on whether, you know, being sick prioritized you or like taking a preemptive approach and like, you know, maybe like, so obviously the, the, the scoring system dictates who gets the the liver but like you know the sinners they say i they are even telling us i remember that people who are farther along or sicker actually have better outcomes after the surgery mm-hmm. like i remember hearing that a couple times yeah which like d- didn't make sense to me mm-hmm. you know you, you so wait you want this person to get sicker so they have a better outcome mm-hmm. i thought that was something we heard a couple times mm-hmm. that just didn't didn't register in my mind why that made much sense do you remember that yeah I and do. it wasn't until we got to madison that it was kind of more like a, all right that we're trying to like we're trying to get this taken care of now before mm-hmm. it gets too bad. Mm-hmm. And another thing is that I, I don't think the score. So, so another thing I read is that there's exceptions to the score. They can give you more points if you, you know, have certain things that are wrong with you. Yeah. And I felt like one for you that I don't know how this is exactly classified is that you had like the varices that was pretty bad. Yes. And that wasn't, fa- that wasn't factored in your score. Mm-mm. So you guys could touch on that. What, what exactly did you have? Yeah. So sophageal varices, basically that, um, like a backup of blood, like my spleen was enlarged. I had a splenectomy, um, when I got my, Uh, had my liver transplant but basically they are little like sacs in your esophagus just full of blood and they get bigger and bigger as the like kind of pressure builds up is a better way to explain it um and so you know being so active doing crossfit and competing in that it was a great risk that I took you know continuing lifting weights and doing what I did but um they got so bad that at any point you know I had to be careful in what I did because like straining too much doing certain things they can pop and explode and it is um it it can kill you uh but you know I, I took that risk and I would get um uh scopes endoscopy to check on them see if they grew every so on but yeah that was definitely um you know i had to you know change my lifestyle and what i did and um yeah it it was a risk i took but um that's definitely one of the symptoms that comes along with it for sure yeah um so i guess it's a question like what is the line like what is the perfect amount of sick for it to be worth it i know it's kind of a weird debate it really is it really is because different sinners have different um uh, opinions on it 
And it really comes down to finding a place that you feel comfortable and, you know, that they're willing to do it. And we took that risk and it worked out great, luckily for us. Um, but I know it always doesn't. But yeah, it's it's a there's a really fine line um, between being too sick and not sick enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so something you have there is that mm-hmm. typically there's there's a threshold where yeah that that, that they kind of have like a rough idea of what score is like mm-hmm. definitely not worth it versus worth it mm-hmm. and- yeah so i'm reading this book called when death becomes life uh by joshua d mesrick um and it's based he did all his uh schooling in uh madison wisconsin so it's actually kind of crazy how that worked out but anyway he says that um he's talking about the meld score and he says, when your score is below 15, which mine was, it typically means your risk of having a bad outcome during a liver transplant outweighs your risk of dying without a transplant. And we typically will not proceed. Um, so it's pretty crazy reading that because I had my surgery when my mold score is around 15. And um, it, it, it was really risky. Um, you know, you don't really think that in the moment because there are so many different opinions on it. But... Um, I mean, in my opinion, I think being so healthy going into it helped me have a better outcome. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I think so, yeah. I mean, the, of course, we don't have anything to compare it to, but I yeah. feel like we bounced back pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. And I think our just being so active and healthy was a huge reason why we recovered so mm-hmm. fast. I know I get a lot of questions. Um, some people will message me on social media and be like, you know, what do I need to do? How do I recover so fast? And it, it really is just staying healthy before, um, you know, during and then after, you know, right back to how you were mm-hmm. before. And so I think that's why we b- bounce back pretty quick. You, you think that would be the driving discussion in outcomes in uh, is, is how much does this person after the fact make the proper lifestyle changes versus mm-hmm. like how sick they were before mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. You know, you think mm-hmm. that would be the, the, the driving thing. Of course, uh, you know, my wife's a pharmacist and I think that's one of, one of the frustrations at their transplant center is that, you know, people staying on top of the medications and making the proper uh, lifestyle changes to, to go with that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And this whole different topic we can talk about next time. But yeah, even the medications, people have a lot of, you know, um, side effects. There's a lot of side effects to them. But um, I think a huge part in preventing that is being active and healthy and treating your body well um, with it. And as far as I know, I really don't have many side effects from it, Mm -hmm. at least that I notice. Um, So yeah, it's pretty crazy how that works. So uh, there's one thing that I wanted to uh, debate with you a little bit um, and just wanted to see what, what your thoughts are and mm-hmm. I, I feel like it, it's it's a weird situation because we were on the 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 we could have potentially been on the beneficial side of of this scenario um, but when we were going around and looking for different centers to be listed on the fact that we are we are in a financial situation to do that in the mm-hmm. first place is pretty pretty beneficial wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. The fact sure. that we could bounce around like we like we were we had the flexibility, the means mm-hmm. to do it, the resources to do it. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think I think that's not always the case. The case. It's it's not it's not something that's very very fair, Mm-mm. you know? No. Um but you know, with that said, 
I feel like, you know, this, this organization, uh, you know, so their whole thing is, you know, sick is first, mm-hmm. sick is first. And I think they're getting better at, at transporting organs. They're getting better at preserving them. So, you know, r- the regions that you're in, uh, the lines start to get blurred because the donor hospital can reach as many as like 500, you know, nautical miles or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it kind of raises the question of like, does, you know, so sick is first. So, so something I think they're doing with their new policy that I, that I was reading about is that they're, they're, you know, they're extending this radius of people who can get, get these organs. And mm-hmm. if it's someone who, so here's, here's the example. So, so Steve Jobs got a liver in 2009 and he got one. I can't remember where, what, what clinic it was with, but all I know is that he, he bought a property in that in that area, lived in that area, and got listed in a, in a, in a location that had a shorter list. Mm. So he was able to ultimately get listed mm-hmm. and get a liver. Um, it wasn't illegal. He didn't do anything uh, illegal, but it is kind of a blurred line of like, you had it the is. means to, to do all that mm-hmm. just to bump yourself up the list. Yeah, and it's not necessarily fair to people who don't have those resources and the financial ability to do that Mm -hmm. and and and, you know the argument is that i think statistically it it will save more people because the radius reaches out farther um but there is definitely going to be a degree of that situation favors wealthier people Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of an unfortunate like for sure like give and take and you know if the whole thing is sick as first it makes sense but if there's other things too um where it could potentially shrink programs that you know mm-hmm. are across the country because if these organs have farther reach, then they can all be funneled into the best programs, and other programs mm-hmm. won't. They're they're you know they won't be doing as many operations. Yeah, their yeah. their their programs won't develop. Yeah. Um, no, I I totally agree. And and I, and I think when I was reading about it, it's actually a new policy. It's like it's very recent. Um, and and I think a lot of uh, southern. Uh, hospitals and programs are raising issue with it because they tend mm. to have uh, more people donate in those places uh, because they die in ways that uh, their organs are more suitable. And oh. I, I think the argument is if you're, you know, in Georgia and, you know, people are dying from, I don't know, strokes or uh, mm-hmm. motorcycle crashes more often there. Mm-hmm. And then all those organs are going up to Chicago mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, away from these these Those these people. people's patients yeah is, is that does that seem fair i mean i don't know i don't know the answer to that question yeah because because that, that's a situation that potentially could have benefited us a whole lot mm-hmm. whereas if you're getting listed in multiple spots yeah for sure verse someone who just doesn't have the means to do mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's a yeah yeah what do you think no i agree i think i mean i totally agree there it's kind of weird when you think about that because you're like, well, it's not fair, but they're not breaking any rules necessarily. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I it's, get it's both one sides. Deba- it's Very like, debatable. it's like one of those like famous ethics questions. Yeah. Like, you just don't, you, you don't, don't have an answer to that. Brain yeah. You don't <laughs> yeah, know. for sure. You don't know. Um, so when you went to the operation, your, your melt score was a 15 at that point. Yes. I wonder, did he ever say what, did he ever give you an idea of who, like what the typical range was he operated on, Dr. Fernandez or? You know, he didn't. Um, I think once we kind of switched gears from getting a liver from the deceased list and then um, 
doing living donation I think all that kind of went to the wayside and I think they do they do for sure look at the meld score but it's not as important in our case um and so no he never gave specifics on that um but you know after they they sent my liver to pathology and all that did the test it was stage four cirrhosis and they said you maybe had a year left and so hearing that it's pretty crazy I would be interested to see you know or get the answer to that because um again like we talked about your MELD score being so low didn't reflect how sick I was I'm like well man it didn't if I was stage four and Mm -hmm. had maybe a year to live you know it's pretty crazy how that works but yeah I'd like to I like to um have the answer to that question um yeah man one year yeah one year (laughs) do you have anything else over there um yeah I mean they you know they talked about quality of life and you know I think that comes back to like my change in lifestyle right when I was diagnosed is I had a big it, it helped me have a good quality of life, um, you know, but at the same time, I was getting sicker, and, you know, in the year before um, my actual surgery, it did progress, progress quite quickly, um, but yeah, I just can't stress enough keeping your body healthy before surgery and after, um, it's so important, and even, you know, if you just got diagnosed with AIH or any sort of liver disease, um, you know, making that lifestyle change because it can take you very far, um, in a good way. Um, and, you know, potentially help you post-surgery as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what, what advice would you give someone to, who is, uh, sitting in that, that middle range where they're not high enough to get a, get Mm -hmm. a liver, but their, their, their quality of life is, uh, dipping. Yeah. You know, I honestly would, definitely recommend you know just researching living donor and looking into it and um you know I think my I got lucky enough to have my surgeon recommend that and you know if yours hasn't I would maybe ask him about that I would definitely start researching it because it was a total lifesaver for us and I can't imagine um you know still going through all I was with AIH, you know, and not having surgery yet. And so, yeah, definitely look into that. And, you know, if your doctor hasn't recommended it, ask them. Um, start researching some places that can do it. If if you're in the financial, you know, if you're able to do that and travel to those places because it is super hard to find a place that will do it. Um, but definitely look into that and read about it and, you know, see how you feel because it was a total game changer for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good segue to, to, to next week when we'll probably be talking about going through the living donor process mm-hmm. um, and why everyone should look into that yeah. if that's if the yeah. situation that they're in mm-hmm. um, and uh, even maybe like why someone should just be an organ donor in general. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. And maybe just some dispel some some myths that are yeah. out there on why or why you should or should not do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right. See you all next time. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.